Iowa gets the win and the bull back against Wisconsin, 24 to 10. It was a fair and special, great defensive effort, special teams, and a whole lot more. We break things down here on this Lockdown Now edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Also, a look back to last night, a little basketball, football, basketball. We react all coming up here today on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. And also, you can see us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Help us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Your team every day here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Well, it was a nice win, 24-10 against Wisconsin. We're going to break that thing down. We'll talk a little basketball as well later here in the podcast after Iowa gets another victory on Friday night. And come to you from a different locale. So if you saw last week, I was in Vegas. I was at Stadium Swim right after the win against Purdue. Now. I'm on the road, not Vegas, Mid-Sioux City, visiting uh, some family here with my wife. This is where she is from. So we are here in Sioux City. I am in Grandma's basement right now. You can see Grandpa's fish over my shoulder. Uh, That's what we got going on here. And and at a different location, not a whole lot of Hawkeye garb around here, but we got the fish and most importantly, we got the bull. That's right. Iowa gets it done 24-10 against Wisconsin. Boy, at times that thing was hideous, right? I mean, just absolutely some brutal offensive football, an inability to run the ball, an inability to pass protect. Spencer Petras fumbled away early. It's 3 nothing, and, and you're left saying, well, this thing might be over. The offensive line early in the football game was that bad that I'm not being facetious. I really had that thought early in this football game that short of the defense scoring, this thing is going to be over. Now, the offense didn't help out a ton. It was defense. It was special teams. But there was just enough there. Now, what we can say looking back at the last couple of weeks, and we've talked about this a lot, the wins against Northwestern and then last week against Purdue, it wasn't a bit of a mirage. We saw improvement out of the offensive line last week. We see Caleb Johnson go off for 200 yards against that Purdue defense. We're saying maybe these young guys are starting to figure it out a little bit more. The flip of Connor Colby inside and Jack Plum outside, and maybe that was a great elixir, and all of a sudden this team, they're not going to be great, but they're at least going to be competent. They're going to be okay. A uh, big fat thud on that one. I mean, that thing came crashing down right after uh, you were taking a look at it, and and those two guys in themselves really struggled. We'll take a look here coming up later in the week, obviously, at the pro football focus numbers, and if it marries what we saw, uh, what we saw is a re- Really, really rough performance out of not just both those guys. I mean, the offensive line in general. There wasn't time for Spencer Peters to throw. He was sacked six times in the game. Yeah, early on, a couple of plays by Deontay Vines, and he kind of disappeared. But again, just doing enough. And when the opportunity presented himself, here's a positive to take away. Obviously, the win, that's number one. Iowa now, though I said earlier, if you saw the one-minute snippet and lockdown now, controls their own destiny. They don't. Does anybody think Illinois going to be Michigan next week. No, they don't control their destiny. They do need help. All the help they need is Michigan to beat Illinois. And then Iowa beats Minnesota next week. Iowa beats Nebraska. They're back in the Big Ten championship game. Will it go well? Probably not. But hey, Iowa hasn't won a Big Ten crown since 2004. 
Beggars can't be choosers. In fact, Kirk Ferentz has never won an outright championship. And if you win that game and you pull the shocker of Ulshkers, then you have that first ever outright Big Ten championship. So with all that being said, let it happen. Crazy things happen in college football. And just go back to 2020, that Northwestern Ohio State game. Everybody thought the Wildcats were going to be blown out, and they hung around there. They had opportunities into the fourth quarter of that football game to maybe pull it off. Weird things can happen, and, and there were plenty of weird things that happened. Look back now, uh, continuing through Wisconsin, Cooper DeGene. What more can we say about the young man? I mean, this kid is absolutely incredible. A physical specimen. When he was coming in, you know, the thing about Cooper, when you you watched him play on the football field, of course, he was a quarterback at Odebelt Arthur Battle Creek, Ida Grove. He also played defense. He was making plays all over the place. But basically all they do, they they roll him out left or right and let him decide. I'm right, and he's my great athleticism to run. Am I going to find a kid wide open underneath? I mean, that's that's what it was time in and time out. And just what a talented athlete that he was. But see that at the high school level. See that from athletic kids, and especially when they're playing in smaller competition. You know, it's one thing to do it if you're playing at Dowling or Valley or Ankeny or Southeast Polk. It's another one when you're playing at Odebelt or Arthur Battle Creek, Ida Grove. When you're playing even at a Solon, Osage, Old One, it doesn't matter. Different step up here. But when you saw him on the basketball floor, that's when I really got excited about Cooper DeGene. Because a dude at six foot one, he's dunking. Okay, well, that's fine. He's a good athlete. You anticipate that. No, he wasn't just dunking. He was getting the ball in the lane, drop step dunking. I mean, that's a one step going up and flushing it at six foot one. That's when he knew that the athleticism was special. It wasn't a guy just beating up on competition. This wasn't a guy that was beating up on a bunch of you know farm kids out there in Western Iowa. That's not what this was. This was a kid that had elite level athleticism. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. You're able to do that at six foot one. You're on the plus side of that model. And it showed up again from the pick six that completely changed the complexion of that football game to what he did with the punt return. Another big play, 41-yard punt return, flipping field position, the hidden yardage inside the game. You're going to hear the narrative again, and it's been going on here all throughout the evening, going back to the game even. You're going to hear that people are going to point to the final numbers for Iowa. How do you win a football game like this, right? How do you how do you win a football game doing what they did offensively? Will you do it because of the hidden yardage? Because people aren't going to talk about that. They are not. They're going to be talking about instead what you see when you just look at the box score. 146 yards of total offense. Ha, 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 ha. Well, you don't mention the 88 yards in return yardage, over 100 yards total in the game from Cooper DeGene. That will not be mentioned at all. Those are the things that separate Iowa. And when I was at their best, those are the little things that they continue to do. Is it a work of beauty? No. And I understand still some of the frustration. And I think I'm with a lot of you there. Because it's great. You're feeling good. I have family in Madison. Love to beat Wisconsin. It's been a thorn in Iowa's side. As good as really the last 10 years have been of Iowa football, that has been the one that has been a disappointment. Look, they beat them in 2020. We know how weird that year was. I mean, for God's sakes, Iowa State went to the Fiesta Bowl and won the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, it was a weird, weird season. And yeah, you beat Wisconsin, but nobody was in the building. It just, it didn't have the same feeling. Heck, in that game, Amir Smith-Marset scores a touchdown, springs his ankle doing a flip. I mean, that, that's the goofiness of 2020. The other win, we talked about it earlier in the week with LaShawn, came in the 12-0 season of 2015. You needed to have a play be made, right? And Faith the Cackety, he was the one that shoved 
the center back into the quarterback. Quarterback gets his foot stepped on. He fumbles the ball. Iowa holds on 10-6. They haven't been aesthetically pleasing. And this one wasn't either. But but to win and really win this game comfortably, to be in cruise control in the fourth quarter and know that Graham Mertz and Braylon Allen and the rest of that Wisconsin offense, they didn't have a chance. That's what made it fun. Now, the frustration that I mentioned comes of what could have been. You know, if this could have been a competent offense all throughout the season, you beat Illinois, certainly after they lost Tommy DeVito. I mean, if that plays out in the same fashion and you have an offense that is just a tick better, you win that football game. You certainly beat Iowa State. And we're talking about a completely different conversation going into with a Big Ten West basically wrapped up the final two weeks of the season and we're dreaming bigger, right? We're we're talking about the same thing that LSU fans are talking about right now. A two-loss team. If they can go on, beat Georgia in the championship game, maybe they get a puppet. We could be talking about the same thing, but it didn't happen. And that's also crazy talk, right? I mean, we're, we're getting way ahead of our tips or skis or, or behind it, depending on the way we're looking back at this. What we do know, this is what Iowa is. Does this lead to something different in the future? Does it lead to an evolution of the offense? That's what I'm still hopeful for. But for the here and now, let's enjoy it. Let's have fun. Take that, you stinking Badgers. We beat you 24-10. We got the win. No more for another year. We got the bull, and it's all good, and everything is right in the world of the Hawkeyes. Now, how does Iowa get to Indianapolis? The path? Well, it's overall pretty simple. We'll break that down. Also talk some basketball here as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Great week going on right now. You can do over-unders for all the different games, either individual games or put a bunch of games together. And it's very simple. What you do at Underdog Fantasy, you just break things down. It's the easiest place to spice up college football. Spencer Petras, over under 100 yards passing. The number is actually a little bit higher than that. But those are the kind of things that you bet on. Caleb Johnson, over under 75 yards rushing. Those are the kind of things that you pick up to two to five different players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they'll finish higher or lower than the given yardage totals. One of the easiest fantasy games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So this is what you want to do right now. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy with promo code LOCKDOWN. It's all one word, LOCKDOWN, and Underdog they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or just find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. Get in on college football's picking action today. Trent County continuing here with you on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Again, thanks for joining us as we come to you from my wife's grandma's basement in Sioux City uh, on the road here this week. Las Vegas to Sioux City, a little bit different from weekend to weekend for your boy, uh, TC. But glad to have you with us. Hey, if you're watching this and you're seeing the basement and the fish over my shoulder on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. And for, for your second listen of every day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. It's a great run through every. Everything happening, the biggest stories in sports. I got their take of the day. It's available on Odyssey right here on the podcast side of things, wherever you listen to podcasts and also on YouTube. Continuing on now, Iowa. Nope, I spoke. They are not in control of their own destiny. If you saw the one-minute lockdown now right after the game. But 
for all intents and purposes, they control their own destiny. So the way that the structure is set up and got the tiebreaker rules here, uh, just to read through, obviously it's very easy. If it's a head-to-head tie, comes down to the tiebreaker is the head-to-head, right? That one's very easy. And obviously they would lose a head-to-head if it was against Illinois. If those two teams finished at the top, say it was Purdue or Minnesota, which I would have to beat, they would have those kind of tiebreakers. So that's what you start with head-to-head. But it gets more convoluted the deeper you go and the more layers that you add to it. So, excuse me, here's a breakdown a little bit deeper of the way this one works out. Three or more teams compared to winning percentage within their division. This is good news for Iowa. Of course, only one of their losses has come in division. The losses to Michigan and Ohio State out of division. That's going to help out. But then after that, if there is still a tie, this is where we still don't know exactly where the Hawkeyes are going to be. The records of the three or more teams will be compared against the next highest place teams in their division of order. So let's say it finishes like this. It is Iowa. Illinois and Purdue finishing at the top of the division. Would that even work? Now, as I'm looking through here, three, no, that'd be four losses. Let's say it's, it's, I was in good shape. I was in really good shape in that scenario because, again, I was got to win out for this to play out in this fashion. Illinois loses to Michigan. Iowa wins out. They're going to be there. They're going to be there. And we can go through all the tiebreakers and everything. And, and somebody that's a little better equipped, they could certainly handle that uh, for me because. I got kids running around upstairs a little bit crazy here uh, today. So we'll get things, everything figured out. But it's as simple as that. Michigan beats Illinois. Iowa beats Minnesota and Nebraska. They'll get their shot against the winner of Michigan, Ohio State, another opportunity. Down around. Hey, I was just in Cedar Falls. How about this? Uh, the road trips that I continue. So yesterday, on Friday, go to Cedar Falls, go both the games on radio of the 5A semifinals at the uh, Unidome. And... West Des Moines Valley. I did that game in the regular season against Dowling Catholic. It was 35-3. It wasn't even that close. I mean, they were absolutely manhandled. I know we're talking high school versus Big Ten football, but we've seen football before. We've seen rematches, and crazy things can happen. I I don't like the loser mentality that I see out there from some Hawkeye fans. Oh, we're just going to go out there and get killed. Okay. And then what? So what? You got your chance. You got your opportunity. And, and Take advantage of this while you can, because the future of the Big Ten, remember, there is not going to be a Big Ten West. The future is going to be with the additions of USC and UCLA. It is going to be top two go to the championship game. That's it. Divisions are gone. You might have protected rivalries, but as we know the structure of the Big Ten currently, that is going to change. Next season will be the last year that we'll have a Big Ten West. Let's enjoy it. Let's take advantage of it. Hell, let's go out and win the last three of these things and go out there and maybe, just maybe, we can be the team that finally, from the Big Ten West, pulls an upset and for an hour, probably not even a day, shuts up the people on the east side of the Big Ten. It's not going to happen overall, but we can at least hope and imagine and crazier things again have happened. That's what I want to see certainly happen here. I want to see this team continue to win. It's it's not pretty. It's ugly. The defense, outstanding. Special teams, again, LeVar Woods. I mean, what an absolute wizard this guy is. From what we see going out, getting a guy like Tory Taylor. Going, looking at this guy's film. Eh, yeah, that's the one we want. Do from Australia. Now, I know, you know the Australian kicking camp, and get recommendations and all those things different happen. But still, ultimately, it was his call. And it was the call that worked out incredibly well. How about that kick down to the one-yard line? The great coverage that went along with it. I mean, week after week after week, the coverage of the kickoff unit, just how strong that is. Drew Stevens, finding that guy out in the Carolinas again, a kid not only that has the accolades, we've had plenty of those, but also the strength of the leg this early in his career, really excited about his future. The return 
third game with Cooper DeGene. You know, you lose Arlen Bruce. He's not able to go today. You put DeGene back there, and what does he do? Comes up with one of the big, biggest plays of the Day. Of course, had the interception, but of course, the punt return also a big part of it. So you got all these things working together, and it shows you just LeVar Woods, and yet we're still waiting. Waiting for that trick play. Waiting for something special teams-wise that we haven't seen. Remember Polkat against Ohio State? Remember the play that they ran against Minnesota, what, a year later, I think it was, up in, in TCF Bank Stadium? They have a lot of those things in the back pocket, and maybe that's something that you pull out. Say next week turns into a shootout against Minnesota, or it's a grinded out kind of game. You just need another score. You need to steal one. You don't need three. You need to find a way to get seven. Very well could be the week that they pulled that one out in Nebraska at the end of the season. And we'll see. I'm excited. I really am. And anybody that's been listening to us now since the beginning of the football season, I think you know how down I got about the offense and how bad it is. And it's still bad. It is. It's a bad offense. And it's an offense that is need of not just a retooling. I mean, it's a complete breakdown. Now, this is going into the shop every couple weeks and, and having something else crop up here. And we see it again here. This wasn't an offensive win. Yeah, you called a team win. This was special teams and defense win. And we've had a lot of those. We've had a lot of those, not just this year. We've had a lot of them over the last five years. Since Brian Ferentz has taken over as a coordinator, there just isn't any rhyme or reason. The play calling, you know, you look at that. All right, they run it. They miss a play on first down. You know they're going to run it in second and ten. You take a shot on first down, incomplete, they're coming right back with a run every single time. You go under center on first down, you miss, you get hit for a loss, a second and 12, you're going shotgun the next two. I mean, that happens seemingly every single time. The play calling, there is not a schematic advantage that's going to be taken out there with Brian Ferentz. He's not good at this. Might be a good offensive line coach. He was a good tight end coach in the NFL. I'd argue if I had Rob Gronkowski, I could probably look like a pretty good tight end coach myself. And Aaron Hernandez, that aside, we know he's not a good coordinator. It's just not one of his strengths. And that's okay. Like, that's not an indictment. You know, think of some of the great coaches and guys that are considered offensive coaches. In fact, take a look at Kirk Ferentz. Would you want Kirk Ferentz calling the place? <laughs> as much as I love Kirk and respect what he has done, I don't think I want Kirk calling place for me at any point in his career at Iowa, going back to when he was a line coach in the NFL. You know, if there was a firing and he got called up, I, I, I don't know how that exactly would play out. Some guys got it, others don't. I think now we have five years of data. That should be enough, and almost six now, of data to say this is not one of the strengths of Brian Ferentz. Enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy it and take a quick timeout. When we continue here on Lockdown Hawkeyes, yesterday we had a little basketball. Quick hit on that. Next week, a monster matchup. They'll get their first team uh, that has a little bit of a pulse as they'll take on Seton Hall and do it on the road next week, next Wednesday, as we continue. A little basketball talk to wrap things up. Plus, we got plenty of football. I was bull eligible. Oh, how great does that sound? That's as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at... Nugenics, there it is. Nugenics, yes. Well, I'm getting older, and I got the dad bod. Now, I, I, I've had a little extra for quite a while, but not only that, you're getting older, you just don't feel like yourself, don't have as much time to work out, want to get that energy and body you once had. And Nugenics, well, that's a place that certainly can help you out with what they do, working out, getting back in that gym, and, and doing it with the positivity and the power behind you that you had 
back when you were in your younger days. If you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testophen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym. Help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testophen. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to be boost-free testosterone, testosterone levels in men. Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Trent Connor back with you one final time. This is Locked On Hawkeyes live from Sioux City. On a road show here from Grandma's Basement and uh, wrapping things up with some basketball talk. Last night, the Hoopsters got it done as they run past North Carolina A&T. Big victory there. They put over 100 points and just another dominating effort. You don't learn a whole lot about these, but you can make some money doing it. Betting overs on Iowa. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, I know they didn't help out on the uh, game earlier in the week last Monday, but these are ones. You, you look at that total. Finish the game with 183 total points. The over-under going into it. It was 155 and a half. I got a 153 and a half, which I was shocked uh, when that thing opened up on like Thursday night, early Friday morning, whatever it was. But regardless of that, just something to keep an eye on. It, track that a little bit. When they're taking, taking on these bad teams, you know, they're going to have stretches where they scoop points out there. The defense, though, continues to play better. We'll see if that translates against a good team, a team with a pulse against Seton Hall on Wednesday. But I'm encouraged that this team maybe is going to get a few more stops in them this year. And Tony Perkins, he's the only starter that doesn't go for double digits. What does he do? He just has six assists as he's continued to man the point guard position. We got to see a lot of DeSante Bowen. We got to see plenty of Aaron Euless now back off that suspension that he had in the exhibition game. This team can beat you defensively a couple of times. Not going to be their strength. Not going to be the calling card. That's not their backbone. But offensively, this team is still elite. Great to see Chris Murray after a slow start. He was excellent in the game. Peyton Sanford, he's out there hitting shots. Rebracha, not the same game we saw in the first one. And Patrick McCaffrey, he's Patrick. He's going to go out there and score and uh, have some unorthodox shots that seemingly fall through. The concern remains with this Iowa basketball team about that second unit, where the scoring is going to come from. Connor hits another three-pointer. If he continues to shoot it at a high level, that's going to help out. But this is going to be something where Fran, you know, he's so used to having such deep teams where he's really confident playing 10, 11, sometimes 12 guys. Not the case this year, I don't think. Josh Dix still working his way back, obviously, after that injury. You don't have the depth there. A gun delay, he's kind of a matchup guy. It depends on the matchup, how much he's going to be playing in games. They don't believe in Riley Mulvey right now. So because of that, you know, this depth is not as as prominent as we've seen in the, many of the Fran teams of the past. So you're going to have to figure out how to mix, mix and match a little bit more. You know, who's going to stay out there with that second unit when you're going out there and you got a couple of reserves in there? What guys make the most sense to stay on the floor? Ultimately, it feels like Fran is more willing to ride this starting lineup. You look at the plus-minus numbers, all those guys out of the starters, they were all plus 30-plus while everybody off the bench was in single digits. So again, different kind of team. 
team differently built yet. I'm excited about that. About that, a lot of excitement here. I've been called negative plenty of times in the past about Hawkeye Athletics. Not right now. I'm pumped up. Women's dominating performance on Thursday night. That basketball team is going to be so much fun. Coming up uh, tomorrow as well, they're playing back in Des Moines against Drake. I think it was nearly sold out last I heard uh, late last week. I mean, the Knapp Center for a women's basketball game is nearly sold out. Uh, tip of the ball cap because that's not all going to be bulldog and blue. I will tell you that plenty of black and gold on there as they take on obviously a very good Drake basketball program on the women's side as they, they are a contender year after year. Lisa Bluter, where uh, she came from many, many moons ago and with it uh, should be fun. We got wrestling coming up as well. We're going to be talking plenty of that. It's a great time to be a Hawkeye and it's a great time to keep the bull at home where it should be. We talk about Joe Evans, Joey the Bull. That's where you name that thing. We got it. We're going to call Joey the Bull for this year. Loved it. Loved the win. And that felt great. Hope you enjoyed it as well. We'll be back with you all throughout next week with your daily podcast. We'll break things down a little bit more here. Locked on now. Instant reaction to Iowa's 24-10 win as they knock off the Wisconsin Badgers. That'll do it for today. Back with you. Back in the home studio coming up on Monday. Thanks for joining us. This is Locked on Hawkeyes.